Campbell's Green Eggs and Ham, only on your community radio station CFCR 90.5 FM. Dig it, dig me. Brett Campbell. Well, I'm not Brett Campbell. I'm Lenora Swiston. I've got a whole bunch of folks talking in the background here. I tell you, you can tell it's the Saskatoon voice or whatever the heck we're calling this. I think the voice is good. I think the voice is good. Okay. Welcome to the show, Pat Laurier, already. We're just jumping right in there. I do have to say, it's CFCR, Saskatoon's most awesome community radio station. It's two. There you go. To help them with their fundraising. It's going to be one of those shows. Wow. I know. Welcome to the show, Wendy Cooper, and welcome to the show, Other Hillary, as I like to call you. Thanks, thanks, guys, for being on today. I really appreciate it. I'm not welcome. Oh, you she are welcome. I already welcomed you. You were the first. You, I said you the first. You, okay. you jumped the hop. You had the pole position on the whole race, honey. Um, okay. Thanks, Wendy. So now that we're getting that out of the way, I do want to say, though, I'm your host, Lenora Swiston, and you are tuned into Civically Speaking on CFCR.ca. I do want to thank folks who have uh, donated to the membership drive. That's really, really important. If you haven't received your membership yet and you have enrolled, it'll be coming. And if you haven't, now's your time to get your membership. So I'm looking at three folks here. I know that if you haven't, it's now time, guys, to get your membership in order. You guys get money from me every time. That's one way, but we need to get it two ways. And that's, I have to say that on behalf of the station. You always win stuff. There's lots of stuff to win. There is lots of stuff to win. That's very true. So one of the things that I do want to um, chat about today is, um, and it regrets from Janice Brayton. So um, Janice... um, Hope all is well in your world. And I do have to do a shout-out to my aunt, who is recovering in St. Paul's Hospital. Hello, Auntie Leona, and hello, Cousin Steph. Um, wishing you all the best in recovery. And one other shout-out to Kathleen and Daryl, who uh, suffered the loss of their puppy. Um, not oh. puppy, but their long-standing um, dog servant, um, who was a loyal, faithful companion to them, too. So lots lots of little sadness and recoveries in the makings and healings and that. So... Uh, to everybody else, just as I say, hug a loved one because you just never darn well know. Hug uh, a puppy. That's right. Hug a puppy, hug a dog, hug a cat. There you go. So we're going to jump into this. Don't hug then, a cat too closely. Uh, <laughs> that's that's your own opinion. I love, I love cats, there, but there you, you go. hug them on their terms. That's right. Well, Hillary and I could have some conversations about that. So, Hillary, <laughs> you're being really quiet. I just got to check your mic. Are all things working over there? I think so. That's, Is that coming? Is that working? It's okay. working really well. So, we're going to just do some continuation of rapid fire. We started this last week. And so, I'm just going to throw out some topics and then I'm going to say, okay, guys, what do you think of this? So, um, first off the hop is. You got to throw the topic. I out know first. I could. I was just going to see if anyone was going to jump in before I threw it out, and I feel like no, some... I've been chastised. I'm going to behave. <laughs> no, we're going to go right there. There's a new subdivision proposed in Saskatoon, yeah. so we're going to start at the civic <laughs> level and we're going to work our way up. Tonight's an election in Alberta. The results haven't been in yet. We know that the polls are suggesting that there's going to be a huge tip to the uh, whole new back. Back to the future. Yeah, well, maybe. We'll see what happens. We don't know till we know, I guess. So in the meantime, let's jump into the civic. First one is the subdivision. I know, Pat, you had something to say on this. Yeah, that's the subdivision that's proposed by Arbutus and is opposed by the city planning department and the city manager. And I think they've got it all wrong. Um, 
I know that City Council back in the day was trying to have equal development on the west side and the east side of the river. That has not worked out for many reasons, but this is a, a subdivision that I think will be really quite exciting. And the interesting thing is that uh, it's proposed through uh, to have um, different kinds of servicing. It the subdivision will end up with extremely much smaller uh, lots, but it will look a lot like Montgomery Place when it's built out because they're they're proposing surface drainage, and I think that's a, quite a bold move on the part of the developers. So this is something that was before council before. I know that the RM of Corman Park had said they wished that that proposal had come to them first before the city of Saskatoon. Hillary or Wendy, have you seen anything on your kind of landscape and social media on this or otherwise? No, actually not. No, there you go. So this Surface is- drainage means ditches. Yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I because I, I saw a quizzical look on your face. No, it's talking about the new the new development in general. Because yeah. I was under an impression they were still you know struggling to sell out uh, Brighton and Kensington. And that's true. That's something that's been in the media as of late too. And I know this development is something that was kind of proposed in the mix first for the north downtown. Arbutus had said sell us a portion of the lands in the north downtown. Saskatoon land came back and said no. Um, then they went out onto the edge of where their development is, I believe, past Willow Grove, kind of in the Aspen Ridge the Rosewood. area. Rosewood. Rosewood area? Oh, yeah, that's right, by Costco, where they're actually doing that commercial development and the, and the uh, residential there. But take a look at what might be underneath it. The City Land Department uh, now deals with only ma- basically two major property developers. And... Uh, it may be that part of what's going on in the opposition to Arbutus's proposals all along the line uh, might be the land department not wanting to, to have to deal with yet another major land developer. Anybody else want to jump in on that? I'm 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 coming up dry on that one. I don't know. Like I I, I, I do think that they need to to put more concentrated effort into. Um, making things a little bit more equal like every development they have now the price is exorbitant i don't know how people can afford to move in there so and maybe they need to come up with better solutions for people who are like young families yeah and that's that's the nice part about this proposed subdivision is it will uh give uh, uh lower lot prices for people and you're right next to costco Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> By the way, why is the east side Costco so much better and and better stocked than the oh, west side Costco? I prefer the north Costco. Actually. Okay. North, yeah. 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 There's lots you guys are kind of musing about here. <laughs> but I think the key thing of it is, is that there's new, there's new subdivisions that are being talked about. And I know Janice can't make the show tonight. At the same time, we're also talking about a council that just recently said, and the mayor himself has been saying, I want to see a new arena um, location being selected um, for our city by the end of 2019 so we can get um, moving on that. What are people's thoughts around the arena and the downtown? I know Janice has been on record of saying, I'm not so sure that that should 
should be a top priority for us now uh, laid out in terms of other kind of um, key kind of systemic issues that we need to address. So, Wendy, starting with you. Um, actually, I decided to, in an odd way, pick Jordan's brain on that, and he was all for having a downtown arena. He said that the before events, after events, you would see an influx of people coming and spending money, um, bringing their families, um, that there would be an increase in revenue. Um, it would vitalize the down, downtown, and there's enough events that happen that it would be a, a pretty regular draw. And that it, it would it would be huge for restaurants in 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 the downtown area. Pat, your thoughts? Jordan's exactly right, and I think part of the problem is that we keep calling it an arena, as if the only thing that you ever do out at Sask Place is is uh, skate or watch ice hockey. It is not an arena. Uh, it will be an event center, and the reason that it has to be rebuilt is not because the hockey people need. A bigger arena. Uh, if Saskatoon wants to be a, to host major entertainment events, they simply need to have a better facility. Elry, your thoughts on this? Thanks, Pat. Uh, one thing I've noticed recently is I haven't heard very much about the North Downtown, and that used to be kind of paired with the arena talk, and now it's now it's just arena, and there's no mention of the North Downtown. I haven't seen any updates on what's happening down there. Or, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that uh, I'm, I'll pipe in on this one too because I've been following this issue closely, as Pat knows, and others around this table for a very long time. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. you know, on the uh, you're right on the north downtown, we're not hearing a lot, Hillary, and that is something I think it it speaks to like what what are we hearing, and when are we hearing it in terms of the timing of stuff, and so I think. You know, from a, from an optics point, I think that I think the community should be wondering, okay, what next? It's one thing to pick a, a location, but I think it's in the public's interest to kind of know generally at least where some of those locations are, because Hillary, as you said, the north was piped about. So is it still there? Is it not? Um, and the other locations were at the Toys R Us location. We've seen things in the paper. They had me in the paper a few weeks ago talking about the history of the South Downtown. They had another architect that was talking about the arena being proposed in the time of day day and that um, in front of where the farmer's market is now. Um, and then the other place is right across from where the existing convention center is. And I think key for folks to know is that it hasn't been a discussion so much about an arena as it is, Pat, like what you're saying is around a convention center and an arena kind of put in there. So one to watch. I'm going to be curious how they roll out a process for how people can have voice because, you know, if it's certain places downtown, it's going to affect the neighboring communities, including places like Caswell, where I live and that. So I hope we get a voice in that. Well, let's hope that the process that they roll out isn't similar to the process they've rolled out for their new social media influencer. There you go. There's another topic. <laughs> Thoughts on that? I mean, $100,000 for social media influence on a transit system that we have a big question mark for. And I saw on a media release today through a CFCR station that I get that says tomorrow they're announcing something on the BRT and update on it. Wendy? I like... I'd love to know what they're doing with that money because, honestly, I, I think between Hillary and I, we probably have a bigger social media presence than whatever's happening with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Hillary, your thoughts? Are you putting a bid in on the RFP for $100,000 to spread the word on transit? Oh Dude, gosh. you could get a big house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's tough. Like one of the stuff like this, people focus on the price tag immediately, and then you always it, it's cast as an either or. Like, are they they're spending this instead of on a bus? You you know. So I would hope that it's paired with concurrent increases in transit funding. It's I've been riding the bus regularly over the winter, and it's it's gotten better, but they still need a lot. They still have a ways to go. So I think I'm hoping that they're kind of attacking it from multiple angles, you know, because it's where do you start? You need more people riding the bus. Do you increase? You need to increase bus service, and you need to increase the attractiveness of that as well. Will it be effective? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we're being, we're being pretty light on today's show, but I mean, these are pretty heavy issues that actually have a lot of impact on folks. My own thoughts on the transit one is, is this yes, the right... Yes, we'd like to know your thoughts well, on Well, I mean, yeah. quite frankly, I mean, yeah. it's, it's on the whole notion of, is the timing the best on rolling out a social media promotion when we don't even know exactly where we're dedicating the BRT to in what, in what way? And it's kind of like, I think there's a lot of questions still on the BRT. Um, and how that relates to the rest of the transit plan. I think they're trying to get their ducks in an order here, but I think the timing of this just seems a bit funny. Wendy, anything else on your end? Um, I We have a student worker at, at the store, and Brooklyn is a fantastic kid. She lives on 32nd, like right close to the store, but she goes to school at Bishop Murray and uses the transit system for that. And it's an hour both ways for her. And mm-hmm. it just seems like it, it's it's a... 15 minute drive at worst then maybe we they need to look at streamlining some of that stuff like mm-hmm. she says the mornings are okay but the afternoon is ridiculously long well and it'll be interesting to see what the what the announcement is tomorrow because it is an update on where where the brt is because we've been studying it a lot and now we got to start to roll up the sleeves and hopefully get to some imp- implementation and that speaks to now kind well, of the bike lanes that before go we before we go to yeah. bike lanes let me remind you that one of the reasons BRT doesn't work is because of all the, I would use two letters. One of them's G. Uh, all the all the trains that roll through this city and plug up any of the routes that could be used for BRTs. So maybe we need to be putting our emphasis on getting the damn darn <laughs> train tracks out of this city. Well, and that was one of the things that came up by some of the experts on on a bus rapid transit system for those folks that don't know, which is a a bus system dedicated on specific lanes that are supposed to be given the right of way all the way so that if you're in a bus or you're walking, you're really enviable by the folks that are in that bus because they're getting somewhere really rapidly because nobody else can do it in the way they are because everything is triggered for them. Unless you've got a four-mile train blocking everything. And so that's why it's been kind of... You can't get there from here. Yes. With the current train system, that's the why, way it is in yeah. the city. That's why they're stating that the BRT being proposed is a hybrid, in other words, because it can't achieve its ideal of being a true bus rapid transit. So unless they do do things like moving the rail out. All right, next topic. We're going to go to um, ward, ba- ward boundaries. Oh. We're going to go back to bike lanes maybe later. Ward boundaries are being proposed to be changing again because of 
the population that is over 10%, which we have a 10% threshold. And this is taking place in Ward 10, Zach Jeffries, and Marin Lowens in Ward 7, I believe. Both of them are, have increased beyond that 10% in a city that is now using Saskatchewan Health statistics to uh, claim our population base, which is now around 270,000. Um, so back in the day when I was there on council in 2000, it was 200,000 and some. So take a look at, you know, it's the city of Moose Jaw and the city of Prince Albert have been added to the city of Saskatoon in the period of 19 years, just to put it into scale. And Pat, you've seen it from before to now. Oh, yeah. When I, when I was first elected to city council, it was 100,000. Mm-hmm. So uh, the city has grown. Uh and back in the day, there were 10 councillors and one mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and currently, there are 10 councillors and one mayor. I don't know if anyone's given any thought to increasing the number of wards. Uh, that would be one option to ensure that, that all the wards end up being about 20,000 pop. But I don't know if they're looking at that. And I mean, that's been poked around with before. I know there's been various studies that I've seen and been a part of, and I've also spoken to the Ward Commission in terms of how, is there a way that we could do a hybridized system in that? Wendy and Hillary, does this come on your um, landscapes at all? Has anybody been musing around kind of number of ward councillors? I mean, we have more MLAs in this city than we do councillors representing us civically. Hillary? That's terrifying regarding the MLAs. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Less government? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I, I, I couldn't tell you who my MLA is, which, yeah, it's probably not great. I I don't know. Like, it's not my word that's changing, so I haven't heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always a tough sell, increasing the number of councillors, especially with the, with the fiscally conservative populace. Uh, but I think they should be at least, you know, considering it. Well, you know... One of the things that they have done is increase the support staff for the current councillors. So supposedly the current councillors have way too much work to be able to do for themselves. Uh, So they have to have a couple of people to help them out. Uh, Would seem to me adding one or two more councillors would be cheaper. And then you could get the the councillors actually doing the public service that they're elected to do. It's an interesting thought. It'll be interesting to see how it's handled this time, because I know last time when this came through, in terms of changes to the boundary system, they thought it would hold for another another cycle, and it hasn't. Because you know, not even kind of three years later, we've got uh, we've got something you know being going back again. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if there's a way we could address this. So folks that are on those marginalized neighborhoods of these things sometimes are going to be wondering who in the heck am I voting for now, and then that just might create apathy. I don't know. Wendy, what are your thoughts on this? Um, Well, I think apathy is already there because people aren't being represented (laughs) very well. Um, One of of my co-workers, um, she has her, when she bought the house, it came with the owner, previous owner was her dad and he'd put in a driveway. And, but around the neighborhood, there's the uh, sloped curbs, but she didn't have one. So he made a kind of pseudo sloped mm-hmm. curve. She's now being charged and fined an enormous amount of money because the city has to come and put their own guy in to fix it because they think the sidewalk's going to break. Well, it's been there for 30 years and there's been no breakage. 
And it's an absolutely absurd policy that they're doing. Yeah. And it, they should never have brought it in in the first place. I, I remember speaking against it when I was on council. And the upshot of it is, the problem is, is that she's getting more attention from the Star Phoenix about it than she is the city councilor because they've got so many balls in the air. I don't know how they're supposed to really help them address this. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Okay, next topic. So, next one I've got on my list here is City Hall's top lawyer leaves due to, hypothetically maybe speaking otherwise not, um, about a reorganization where the city solicitor, instead of reporting and being hired directly by City Hall um, Council, which is there was three positions that were elected, that were um, hired before directly by City Council. The first was the city solicitor, the second was the city manager, and the third was the city clerk under the new system as of 2019 that they have proposed and now are implementing over time, the city solicitor now will be reporting directly underneath the city manager. Thoughts on that? I think it's absurd. Okay. That's the good. city solicitor is supposed to be the solicitor for council, not the solicitor for the administration. And what they've done is very, very wrong. I don't know how they're justifying it, but... Uh, but apparently they can find justifications for doing almost any jack and anything. Guys, what are your thoughts in terms of Wendy and Hillary? Any any thoughts on this? Have you did you read this in the news? Has anybody been talking about it in your circles? Have you been seeing anything online? I think it's kind of outside like where where I work and everything. Um they don't really understand the nuances of that at all. Um so they just it's it's something they kind of slide over. But at the same time, there needs to be a kind of an education as to what they're doing and why they're doing it. And so they throw these things out and they throw out terms that people may or may not understand. And as soon as, you know, they have this glib kind of, you know, release, everyone's eyes glaze over because they don't know what, what the difference is. So, well said. Hillary, <laughs> anything from your end? Uh, I think maybe it's to a larger issue with the city in that there's not really a lot of trust whenever they announce changes anymore. Like, we don't we always immediately assume the worst. <laughs> true, true story. So, so that's, that's I think, something worth talking about. Well, it's something I've brought up on the show over the last year, and I'm going to persist because I do want to bring some of our city council colleagues on here to kind of share with us their own thoughts on this because I think and and invite them on with the panel. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> It'll um, be fun. The, well, I mean, that is the goal of Can this year. Can you see on blood on the radio? Yeah. I'm, yeah. No, I, <laughs> we play friendly here. But I do want to say, though, is that in 2019, there were two different faces of the city org chart, and I've just got it up in front of me. So if anybody wants to just type in City of Saskatoon org chart, you can actually get it with the names of the people on it or not. There's two arms to it. One's called a customer-facing arm, and the other is called a strategic partner arm. The customer-facing arm? Customer-facing. Oh, God. And under customer-facing... How facing, about customer service? I know. Customer-facing, it customer. says transport and customer. That's a word in itself. I have some problems with customer. Yes. Yeah. Because it's like we're community peoples, you know, we're, like citizens. we're community members, citizens. Taxpayers. And so under that arm, they've got transportation and construction, utilities and environment, community services, and Saskatoon Fire. Under the strategic partners, we have corporate financial services, strategy and transformation, human resources, and public policy and government relations. 
And then they have a nice little dotted line of the city solicitor that used to have Patricia Warwick, which is, needs to be updated now, underneath the city manager reporting. And so it's kind of interesting because if we look at the federal dialogue that's just happened around Jody Wilson-Rainbow and all of that, one of the biggest kind of recommendations that came out of that is the separation of the Minister of Justice and the Attorney General, because it's really important for that solicitor advice to be impartial and separate from government in and of itself, so that they can lay that kind of third-party analysis. This seems to me going in the wrong direction. So I don't know. I think, Hillary, you're right. It's something that we've got to really watch, you know, over the next uh, time frame in a, in a good way and have some questions about to see where this goes. Any other thoughts, guys, on this? When you hear kind of the the two arms of the the new org structure. Pat, anything else? It sounds like a lot of empire building and justification to hire a lot more assistants and uh, do less work. Yeah, Wendy, anything from your end? Oh, sorry. Um, I'm just looking at the chart, and it's it's such a weird setup because it doesn't really give you a whole lot to go on. It just seems like there's mm-hmm. some people have a heck of a lot on their plate, and then others... Have nothing. Have nothing. Human Resources has no managers underneath it. Yeah. And then when you look at Saskatoon Fire, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, which, okay, I can get in terms of safety. Community Services, there are five. And when you look at the org chart, there are one, two, three, four, five, five to six people. I'm just doing this really quick. Five people that are still in acting positions. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's how like that Donald gets. Trump's cabinet, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit. And we're now going into the month of May. So not that far from here. So it'll be interesting to watch this as we kind of go into the next year to see how this fills out and how those roles get communicated. But I do, I am worried about the city yeah, solicitor sure. one because I think that's, I think that's a, that's a, a bit of an interesting one. Okay. Somebody this week. Announced that they're thinking about it again, running for mayor. Rob Norris, any thoughts on that? Dead air. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I, was, I was trying to figure out which which uh, uh, adjective I should use. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, it's kind of ambivalent. <laughs> well, I haven't I haven't decided how I feel about it yet, but uh, uh, it will make at least. Uh, for an interesting race and probably a very challenging race for Mayor Charlie Clark because uh, if you listen to people on the street, they're not all that impressed with what's been happening for the last couple of years. I have my own biases, but I mean, it will be interesting to see. Like, I, I hear we are going into that kind of different kind of electioneering now where it's two years out to the municipal election that's going to take place two weeks after the provincial election yeah you know so heads up guys starting in six months from now we go into this largest silly season where now we have an election run and lots of fun for us as panel members but over a two-year period of time where it's essentially we're in high churning churning we're churning 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 which is going to be interesting to see how people kind of respond to this one more topic before before you leave that you said you had your own biases and thoughts. What are they? Well, I think they, my own biases and thoughts, of, of course, I've run myself and had somebody from my household run in it. I think the thing of it is, is that it is going to be interesting to note what people see as the changes. That's where I'll leave it at that, is that it'll be, it's inter- and it's also interesting to see somebody stepping up at this point in time. Um, 
and I wonder about that because I just from a from a whole from a whole component of governments being able to do government stuff and then elections being able to be in an election writ period, all of that is getting blurred and I think it becomes really messy for government to do what government needs to do and for people to even campaign and do it healthy too. Remember the argument back in the day that uh, uh, provincial politics had no space or, or should not be in, uh, in civic unit, yeah. Civic governance. And here we yeah. are going to have an overlap of signs on lawns and people yeah. wondering who the hell they're voting for when they get to a poll booth going, oops, wrong election, or maybe wrong ward, but right, but right constituency, but wrong day. <laughs> and, it did, and who's our prime minister anyways? It's going to be, I, this could be a really good uh, video. It's and going to be joke. a gong show. Yeah, it, it's starting to look that way. All right, guys, free for all. And topics you want to in the last kind of couple of minutes of the show. Bike lane on 4th Avenue. Okay. What a disaster. Oh, my golly. I can't believe it. They took the one street downtown that actually worked and put up a whole bunch of pylons and sillinesses that... As a bike rider, I can't figure it out. So I go along the riverbank instead on my way up to the university. But I just think it's a mess. It's atrocious. What do you think, Hillary? You you ride your bike fairly regularly? Well, I think the bike lanes don't go far enough. I think it's a compromise. They don't connect to other stuff. And uh, they could be used a lot more. I actually work downtown on 4th Avenue. And the bike lane is used quite a bit. And even in the middle of winter, they clean it out. There was a lot of winter bikers coming through there. A lot of women biking in winter, as, as an indicator, um, is is very positive. But the sad thing is, it's not going to be on fourth because now we're now proposing a change to that. That's the that's the oh, discussion the is the discussion of it is is looking at whether we need to shift it elsewhere. I know that's something that I've kind of heard along Coffee Row is the potential of that shifting from fourth to maybe first or or yeah, the whole discussion mm-hmm. around Idawal. And so I think it's gonna be interesting to see where that that actually plays out in in the future. Well, good luck with putting a bike lane on Idlewild. Well, that was one of the All you'll have is a lot more calls for ambulance services. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> I, I'm with Hillary, though, is that I think having dedicated bike lanes and having them in a way that's safe for folks that are biking and also separated from other traffic helps both people in cars that are nervous about bikers yep. and bikers from cars and also, I think, pedestrians, too, because I think they all need literally need to kind of have their own lane to, for us to work well together and i think there's got to be room for all of them in our in our communities oh there, there's totally enough room i saw people doing u-turns in cars <laughs> and, you know in rush hour so if there's enough if there's enough room that you can do it you turn in the middle of the block you can put a bike lane in yeah here. absolutely yeah you're right <laughs> okay we have one minute left what's another topic that we need to be looking at into the future aside from the alberta election where we're going to be looking at results after the show well with respect to that, uh, it is a truism in politics that if you get a high voter turnout at advanced polls, it's a vote for a change in government. So I think Rachel Notley did a wonderful job, uh, and uh, but I think it's going to be an RIP for her. Anybody else want a, an, a final comment on that one, the Alberta election? I think it's really tough because people are thinking federally but voting provincially. And um, I think there's going to be some frustration along the way because the things that they really want, they're not going to get. Interesting. Hillary, any last word on that? 
Oh, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, Come we're, on. We're just, uh, you're, you're brave enough to bike in the winter. You, you can touch that one. Well, there you go. I think that's where we're going to leave it untouched for now. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Hillary, Pat, and Wendy, thank you for coming on the Saskatoon View, the April version. We will be back on the third week of May. Um, be safe out there, biking, walking, or in your car or SUV or whatever else you are riding or driving on. All right, up next is the 